straight out of context. For God so loved the world, I can do all things through Christ. Behold, I stand at the door and I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God's not wishing for any to perish, for by his wounds you were healed. I pray that you may all prosper and be in good health. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, knock and it shall be opened to you. Judge not that you be not judged. Train up a child in the way he should go and an eye for an eye. Repent and be baptized. We're just lifting up the name. If you ask me anything in my name, if my people who are called by my name. You know, you've heard these verses. Do you know what they mean? Straight out of context. We're starting right now. Your weekly hermeneutical podcast. Welcome to Straight Out of Context. My name is James, and I'm your host for this podcast. This is going to be your weekly hermeneutical podcast, and that means it's going to teach you how to understand, how to interpret, and to apply the Bible. Now, there are a lot of things that need to be understood when talking about interpretation of Scripture. In these early days of this podcast, I want to deal with some of the errors that we make as individuals oftentimes and then traditionally and culturally when it comes to approaching Scripture. For example, in a future episode, I'm going to talk about spiritualizing the text. I'm going to talk about the error of reading into the Bible a wooden, literal sense. And I'm also going to talk today about the idea that sometimes we have a tendency to personalize the Bible or to focus on oneself. Let me give you an example. Many years ago, I heard a pastor in his preaching from the pulpit during the assembly say that you can always take a pronoun in the Bible and you can replace it with the pronoun me. Me. So, for example, if we take John 3.16, which we will deal with in a series of shows of how to understand it and how to interpret it, but let's just take it as an example in this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Now, I know that there are many variations of that English, whosoever believeth or believeth whatever, uh, depending on the English version that you use, but in a nutshell, that is what the Bible says. Now, he was arguing that you could take that particular verse and you could say, For God so loved me that he gave his only begotten Son. Now, that sounds so good, doesn't it? I mean, after all, is God not a God of love? Yes, he's a God of love. John even says that in the first uh, epistle, that God not only is a God of love and is a loving God, as Paul would say in Ephesians 2, but God is love. The very essence of his being is love. The very nature of his divinity is love. So we know that God does love, and especially the fact that God does love his people. And we look into the scripture and figure out what that looks like. God loves us and that he gave his son for us. We do see that. But in John 3, we don't need to personalize that text. Because when we look at the word world, we don't say, okay, the world is everybody, so let's just make me part of the world. And then I can say, God loves me. For God so loved me that he gave Jesus Christ. Now, is that an error? No. If you are born again, God loved you, and he showed this love for you in the giving of his son. And more importantly, he gave the son because of his love and because of his righteousness and the covenant he made of redemption before he created the world to secure salvation for his people. And the only way to do that is that our sins are paid for. And the only way that the sins of his people who are human beings and who are eternally wicked and inherently wicked 
can be justified is that if God himself became a man and obeyed fully and fulfilled all the requirements of the law. So therefore, then when God gives his son, it is because he loves his people. And the point of the world there is in context showing that God does not just love ethnic Israel, but he loves all peoples. It doesn't mean every single person without exception. It never has and it never will in any of the context. Because if that's the case, then what do we do with the verses that follow? But that's just one example. We don't need to internalize and personalize those verses. Another one would be Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that God has for me or for you. Uh, I know the plans that I have for you, God speaking in that. But in reality, he's talking to the people of his day. And we don't need to take that as a promise from God for me, because after all, Scripture is written to its original hearers, but it's written for us, the New Testament church that's alive today. So what we do is we learn to interpret Scripture based in its context. And one of the errors that keeps us from understanding that is when we internalize that. Now, see, this is one of the things that's practiced so often in some children and some student type ministries, where we have age segregation. And instead of teaching right doctrine, teaching what Scripture actually teaches, that's a sort of redundancy, but teaching good theology out of the teaching of Scripture, uh, sometimes teachers try to say, well, let's see what it means to you. What does it mean to you? Well, it doesn't matter what it means to me. Whatever the verse means to me uh, could be completely foreign to what Paul or James or Jesus or God himself through the prophets actually uh, meant to say or was saying. If we want to understand what is being said, then we need to not try to personalize it. Because if we do so, then we will internalize every aspect of everything. But I find it interesting that we do not desire to do that in all aspects of Scripture, just the good things, just the positive things, just the promises that we see that would be beneficial for us in our lives. So let's think about it for a moment. If we're not to personalize it, then what in the world is it good for? What does it teach us if we're not to personalize Scripture, if we're not to replace all the pronouns with me? Well, it teaches us about God. Is that not what the Scripture is and its foundation, the revelation of God? his own revelation to his people, to humanity. I mean, after all, Paul says in Romans 1 that all people, all humanity, all human beings are without excuse for they know that God exists by what they see with their eyes in creation. But this general revelation, as it's called in systematic circles, is not sufficient for salvation, for God says through the Scripture, through the teaching of his Son, that one must be born of the Spirit and that is done through the hearing of the word of Christ. So that through the hearing of the teaching of the gospel and the word of Christ, we know that God then, through his spirit, as he wishes, regenerates the lost person so that they may understand, believe, and have life. And this regeneration comes before faith, according to Scripture. We'll talk about that, too. And I know some of you might say, well, oh, I'm going to dismiss this podcast now because this guy's a monergist and uh, he's a Calvinist or he's uh, a guy that believes in the teaching of election or the doctrine of election. Well, brothers and sisters, if you don't believe in the doctrine of election, then you've ignored the, the whole crux of the entirety of the Scripture that God has chosen a people for himself. Now, how we pan that out is very clearly shown for us in the interpretation of Scripture in its syntax, not in the mystery, not in the uh, counts and figures, but in the straight reading of Scripture, God then reveals this teaching. But to the point at hand in our 
last few minutes, let's think about it for just a moment. Think about what it would do if you actually were able to understand Scripture. I hear it all the time that people say, well, I just can't really grasp what the Bible's trying to teach. It could be that you suffer from the error of trying to internalize it, and then you can't figure out what it is that the Bible is trying to show you. Well, at the core of it all, as I've started to say a moment ago, is that God is revealing himself to us. He is revealing himself to us explicitly and particularly through Jesus Christ, who is the living word, who is God eternal, who created the heavens and the earth and came to earth as a human being, taking on human flesh to be truly man and truly God, fully God and fully man at the same time. As he walked this earth as a human being, he was also fully God. And those two natures did not diverge in an entwined super being, but rather they stayed separated. And the human nature of Jesus Christ learned and grew. Jesus didn't start walking and talking when he was nine months old with all knowledge and wisdom in his humanity, but at the same time, he was eternally God and absolutely omniscient. So this is a difficult thing for us to grasp because it is so foreign to our logical mind, just like the gospel of grace is outside the rational thinking that God would come and become a man and pay for the sins of his people. Therefore, they are with out guilt and condemnation for Christ has suffered on our behalf. So when we think about what the Scripture primarily is supposed to do in its, in its purpose, it is to reveal God to us so that when we see things like, for God so loved the world, what that says is that God is loving the world in this way and that he gave his Son. And then it, it, it goes back to the reality that we have to answer the question, then who is the world? Well, the context there is very clear as Jesus uses the illustration of Moses and the Jews in the wilderness, etc. That salvation was for Israel. That salvation was for those unbelieving Jews at that present time. But it was a shadow of the true snake, the true cursed one, who is Jesus Christ, who hanged on a tree. And as the snake was lifted up, so is the Son of Man lifted up. And so, beloved, I pray that this pre-podcast, if you will, we're not really into this series yet, but this pre-podcast would be just another opportunity for you to get the picture that we have a lot to learn, and more importantly, we have a lot to unlearn when it comes to interpreting Scripture and understanding Scripture. My name is James. You can learn more about our ministry at gracetruth.org, and we also have another podcast that's coming very soon in the middle of this month called Theology Answers, where me and Brother Edward Dalcor will be answering theological questions over an hour, and this coming uh, April 15th, 16th, this we're going to launch those as a part of the Christian Podcast community, and we look forward to seeing you all over there. You can support us by going to our Patreon. You can catch us on Facebook and all over the place on social media. We love you. We would love to talk with you, and we'd love to answer your questions, and we are glad to be able to have these conversations with you. Lord bless. Thank you.